So Candy had mentioned we're gonna learn some more tools today. So now we're going to do a little transition. So in your workbooks, so we have in our workbook, we have a page that has uh, Myers-Briggs on the top. What does it have? It has four little lines. Yeah, okay, so does everybody have that page? Okay, so Myers-Briggs is a temperament, a it, it's, a, it's a preferences way of thinking. How do we understand the person next to us who is a complete alien from another planet in another solar system? Because we cannot understand the people next to us unless they're just like us. How many of y'all have met somebody just like you? Not me. No. Okay, so we're all unique. And yet, we, are, we can be, use tools to help us understand the people around us. Because, as I love to say, the more information I have, the more compassion I can have. So the more I can understand the person next to me, the better I can relate to them. And I don't have to react to them because they've irritated me. <gasps> I do get irritated. Um, so the Myers-Briggs has eight letters. There's four dashes, okay? So each dash, they're gonna be in order and we're gonna talk about these. So, um, why, I like to know why. Okay, why are we talking about this? This is not the end all of who you are. This is a tool to go, how do I respond in all of these situations? And how does my spouse, how does my husband respond in these situations? And how does that help us? And how does that really shoot us in the foot? Because sometimes we have to go beyond our natural tendencies and go, oh, I need help. Who needs help? I need help. I'm confident we all kind of do. Okay, so this is a help to help us love our husbands better as we understand them and ourselves. This first blank, um, and I am not an expert on this, like Candy can talk you in and out and backwards and forwards, great on this, but I'm gonna give you a brief overview. So I'm gonna give you stories on each one of these to, to help you kind of do a guesstimate. But I'm not sure, Tori, on, your, on that page, is there a website called personalitypage.com? It's in the homework notes. In the homework notes, which is your first page and it has the little blurbs at the bottom, there's a website. On this website, you can actually take this test. Um, it costs $5. I went ahead and took it this week. It's, it's really simple. Really take it as to how you normally, a default mechanism, not how you glossy, glossy think you are, but how you really are, okay? Nobody's gonna see it, but it will help the most get you information that is helpful. And I actually took the test and I came up and one letter was switched. And really that has a lot more to, and I read that and another, I just did a little bit more reading to actually 
kind of identify because they have blurbs. But what happens is you take the test and they'll come up with four letters and then a description and that will help you. The encouragement is also to get your husband to do this, um, if he will, so that y'all can understand the dynamic. So we're gonna talk about some of these things. So this first letter, this first space is introvert or extrovert. And there are people who think like a stream of consciousness verbally, right? Their, their thinking process is right out there verbally for you to hear. There are people, the moment you walk in the door, they're right at you, wanting to know how you are or telling you something, but it is immediate receiving verbal information. We would call these an extrovert. Want to stay at the party, be there first, be there last, being around people makes them really wired and excited and all this. The introvert thinks before they speak. The introvert does not have to speak. That's a little foreign for people who are extroverts. They're like, you can actually be there and not talk. Oh my gosh. Okay, so introvert or extrovert. Um, what does this mean in, an, in a marriage? So an introvert will come across as withholding when really they're just trying to gather their thoughts. But an introvert is trying to think and have the space to think. Whereas an extrovert feels hurt because the introvert is thinking. But it comes across so foreign. Um, and so if a question is asked, an introvert will think about it. But the extrovert feels like, you got to answer right now because I, I just can't think. I just have to speak it all, right? So you can see that that's going to be a challenge. Um, the extrovert wants to be the last to leave the party. The introvert wants to go, okay, we're going in. Let's make our plan for the exit. What time can we leave? Um, extrovert wants to talk and process after their day. And the introvert actually needs to plug in, be quiet so that their energy reserves can build up because they're gone. Okay. Introvert, extrovert. Do your best guess. Uh, if you have some clarity here, <laughs> what you are, go ahead and just sketch that out. Okay. Yeah, sketch out the letter. So next, we're actually gonna pop to the last one because these don't really matter, nor we're just gonna jump here. The labels mean something in the whole terminology, but if you just hear what the P and the J stand for, you'll be irritated. So we're not gonna get too locked down in that right now, okay? So there's a P and a J. One is gonna gather information and one is going to actually come to a conclusion. But the problem is you can't do it at the same time. Somebody who loves to research, go window shopping, find everything out about every imaginable device that you might be buying, everything under the sun. Oh my word, not me, drives me nuts. Wait, oh husband. You do all that research, tell me what you get, and I will tell you how to make it work. Because I just need that information, all of that stuff drives me banana. Right, so there's, 
so actually that's really hard because the person who's invested in gathering information likes to keep all of their options open. There's always something on the horizon. Uh, let's just keep looking and looking and looking. But for the person who actually wants to come to a decision, I'm trying to physically show you what that does to the person who likes to come to a decision. <laughs> it's like, oh my word, that drives me bananas, right? Because when we want to actually make the decision and move on with life, um, you can make a list. You can measure out task and plan. You can decide when or how or what to do. You like to know where you're going, when and how you're going to get there. The planning process is fun. It's half or more of the joy of all of it. So if you like to actually make a decision and can come to a decision in a timely fashion, um, you like things predictable, have to struggle to readjust maybe when plans are altered, that would be your J. I'm a J. A P really shoots from the hip. My husband likes to say he's Wild West. <laughs> Likes to take things if they come. Oh, it'll be all right. We don't really need to bring food for the kids on a 10-hour hike. <laughs> That's why I'm part of the relationship, right? But there's so much fun. There's a lot of fun and freedom. Um, anyway, okay, so the question was, is the J or the P more detailed than the other? This preference isn't about detail as much as decision-making. Okay, so, so this is about decision-making. You can't, you can't go and gather tons of information and make a decision. A de somebody who's gonna come to a decision actually just does it, gets enough, inf this is enough information for now if I'm gonna make this decision. The other one has to get more and more and more and more and then agonizes and potentially and then changes their mind. Or, or um, if somebody wants to force me into saying a yes or a no, it's absolutely no. You will not force me into anything. I will do my own thing. That's also a P, I believe. Okay, so a person who comes to conclusions feels like someone who takes their time or can't is not cooperating with the plan. But this, the P, feels like the J is unyielding because the plan just has to happen. The perception is that the J is always trying to get control, while the P is always trying to get freedom. The J purposefully or unconsciously ends up feeling, making the P feel guilty, undisciplined, shamed. But the P may feel like a J is the bad guy. Kind of, if this is where the buck stops, then this is the one where... So in marriage, you can see how this can play out. Okay. Um, even just talking through this now, it makes it way more clear for me my tendencies um, and my husband's. Okay, so that leaves these two in the middle. So this is gonna be our S and an N, okay? So this is 
um, gathering information. It's going to be how we gather information, what we do with it. So on this one, I'm going to tell you a short little story, okay? Because this is going to help you figure out what you're going to do. So no talking, no, you know, just respond and write down your thoughts immediately, okay? Write three sentences telling about a snowman. Go. Just three sentences. Okay. You're all going to have enough of something written down that it will serve its purposes at this point. This is not a graded exercise. Now, did you write about round balls, carrot noses, cold snow shapes? Okay, that is an S. If, like me, you wrote, oh, it's Olaf, he likes hugs, he wants to go jumping over, okay, seriously, I like did this and I wrote about Olaf and I talked about his emotions. I talked about what he was gonna do, what songs he was gonna, he was a person. Okay, <laughs> and then I felt kind of silly. People would write about the shapes. Well, that's understood, okay. Um, so the S is all about what you see, hear, touch, smell. The N is all about what you experience. So this is very tangible. The S is tangible and your senses. That's why it's called a sensor. The N is about what you experience because everything is about maximum emotional impact. Oh no, sorry, that's just me. Hello, big surprise there. So y'all are going through the test with me. Um, facts, shapes, Eyes, ears, senses, experience. Okay. Now we're going to have, um, oh, oh, implications for marriage. This, this is interesting. Shopping for a couch or a house. Oh, well, I want this, 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 and this. Okay, so you want a house that's large and a couch that is this shape and this. Well, maybe says the in, maybe, I just really have to see it. I have to experience it. I'll know when I see it. And the other one is, it has quantifiable dimensions. It has quantifiable check off the, right? No, it has that unmeasurable element. Okay, the, you, you can see this can be a problem in a marriage. Even moving houses, furniture, paint, all of this. Okay, so here, our last one. Okay, get your pencils ready. We're gonna do another little exercise. Yay! Okay, this is in honor of my dear friends who are here, so I'm changing the dynamics a little bit. You coach a team. It could be a sports team or a robotics team. Um, baseball team, you're going to the culminating World Series or, you know, Worlds uh, for robotics or baseball, and you have 20 kids on your team. You can take 15. 
write down how you decide. Okay. For the T, the thinkers, there are logical rubrics. You follow the rubric and it is clear. Scores, batting averages, attendance history, you've showed by your attendance that your heart's in it. Therefore, that's who's going. For the feeler, it's like, oh my gosh, how do we make everybody go? I don't want to leave anybody out. Or what about the kid who doesn't have the money? How can we get them a scholarship? How can we do that? Because they will never have this opportunity again. Let's think through this rationally and the decision is made rationally with all of the facts in play. Your thinkers, your T. Feelers, there's emotional aspects to play. There are other ways of looking at it and we cannot make a decision without having these into our decision-making process. For somebody who makes all decisions logically, to put your heart in it and that that actually sways the decision causes all of the gears to break because there are gears in a thinker's brain and it actually makes them grind to a stop and blow up because it is incomprehensible. And therefore, this is truly a challenge in marriage until we understand how to work within these things. So we have the head, the heart, thinking, feeling. And so the thinker needs data to make a decision. Was all of his chores done? Is his homework done? Um, before he can go out and play with friends. But the feeler is like, you know, he worked really hard. He had a tough day. Let's think about context. And he actually needs this to recharge. Context matters. For the thinker, it's like we have performance evaluations and you check off the boxes. And if those are not met, no. I mean, these are really dramatic. So at, at extremes, a thinker is going to feel like a feeler is completely illogical. Completely. And the feeler feels that the thinker has zero heart and is a robot and doesn't care. Now, once you, so I'm just exposing it all to you right here. This is me. Um, when you find out what these preferences are, it can feel exposing. We might not like them, but when we can accept our preferences and how we're wired, then we can have an honest look at where our husband is and take the test, read the blurbs. You can get that printed out um, and go, how does this interact? Um, more information gives more clarity, helps us understand one another, which actually means we can laugh at some of the tensions and work to together, together, even though my tongue doesn't work, we can work together better when we understand preferences and work within those. Um, really, this 
Understanding this is going, oh, I have these preferences. No wonder I get irritated because my husband's opposite of me. So I have to make sure God's on the throne, right? I'm yielded to him and go, um, okay, there's this, um, in the message version, there's this passage in Ephesians that really gets me every time. And I meditate on this a lot. Mostly what God does is love you, keep company with him, and learn a life of love. Christ didn't, Christ's love, basically Christ's love unconditionally. He gives everything of himself to us. He doesn't love in order to get something from us. Oh my word, how many times have I loved to get something back? That's me being in control. That's me not bending the knee, bowing the head, yielding to God, going, he is sovereign, I am not. He is God, I am not. So when I am loving to get something out of it, I'm not loving the way God loves. He gives everything of himself. So we learn this and we learn our husbands so that we can actually love better and with more sacrifice to love them where they are. And in doing so, we choose to make sacrificial choices because we know that God will take care of my heart. I just got to remember that and live in that space because if he's taking care of me, I can love my people and he'll take care of the rest. But my job is to let God be God and give his love and to love and respect my husband by accommodating their needs and their preferences. This can't be done by trying harder just in our own selves. We have to have a vision, a purpose, and that's not our own wants and needs. That's living before God and to step up in this relationship and love our husbands as he's never been loved before through trusting God. So let's get to know God a little bit more.